0: and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. The question on everyone's mind and that I keep getting over and over is, are we going to be able to get safely back to live events again, to be able to get in-person face-to-face again with our customers, with those in the industry, I have on today the people that are going to be able to tell you with kind of a state of the trade show industry episode. I have on David Dubois and Scott Craighead of the IAEE, which is the global association for all things events and exhibitions. This is the place you need to be. You got to listen in. So without further ado... Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Welcome to Trade Show University. I am your host, Jim Cermak. Really, really thrilled to have you here today. You know, part of my mission, Part of my mission here at Trade Show U is to give you the absolute best information on trade shows, both live and virtual, and as things continue to change and update, to help you get the best results from your events and get you the best ROI, whether you are a trade show producer, an organizer, or you're an exhibitor, or you're an attendee, to get you the best results. And today... Absolutely gets. No, it doesn't get any better than this. (laughs) Plus, I have my very first repeat guest. So I'm so happy to to have uh, uh, David Dubois on for a second time. He was on a couple months ago. Uh, David is the CEO of the International Association for Exhibitions and Events, also known as IAEE. This is the Global Association for the Trade Show Industry. David has 45 years of hospitality, tourism, exhibitions, and business events experience. IAEE has members from over 50 countries that represent and support the global exhibitions industry, and so we're so happy to have him on for the second time. And also joining us today for the very first time is Scott Craighead. Scott is the VP of exhibitions and events for IAEE, evolved in the industry for over 18 years producing exhibitions and events in the U.S. and globally. Currently, he's responsible for budgeting, show development and design, technology solutions, personnel, contracts, and overall logistics for IAEE's annual meeting and exp- exhibition called Expo Expo and other IAEE produced events. You have a lot of hats, Scott, <laughs> So, and we are definitely going to have to dive into Expo Expo because I think this is probably one of the most important events of the year that is coming up. So, gentlemen, I want to welcome you to Trade Show Show Industry, Trade Show University, and I want to say say, uh, hello to all of our listeners. I call them Trade Show Warriors. Well, uh,
1: good day to everybody. This is David, and uh, I'll be joined by my uh, great partner and colleague at the IE staff, uh, Mr. Scott Craighead, and uh, Jim, it's a pleasure to be back. Um, I guess I get double my pay uh, being a repeat guest, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Double commission check in the mail already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be zero times two. Thank you very
0: much. Oh, <laughs> well, it's my pleasure to double up for you. It's good and to Scott, be here, Kevin. Absolutely, thank you, Scott. So, so gentlemen, you know it's been about seven months since uh, since the COVID shutdown. Uh, and it just continues to linger on, you know, really not any clear end in sight as, as we had hoped it would be. But we're seeing some positive signs, definitely in the industry, seeing some positive signs. But you guys have a better vantage point than anyone. Uh, David, can you give us a, give us a pulse uh, on the industry, uh, kind of a state of the industry? What's going on out there? What are you seeing?
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, Jim, and uh, hello to, uh, to your audience as well. Uh, obviously, a quick, uh, a quick little soundbite of history, um, the COVID uh, pandemic started in, in China and Asia and uh, certainly spread not only uh, fairly quickly to Europe, um, and it came in through Europe as well as through Asia and China uh, into the United States uh, and certainly North America, Canada, Mexico and, uh, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been a nasty storm and, uh, I'm a true believer, as Jim said, in, uh, the fact that, you know, when we live through storms or I grew up in the Midwest where I lived through snow and ice storms that are a little nastier, I think Jim, you live in Cleveland, so yeah. it's a little nastier mm-hmm. than, uh, than just, uh, rainstorms and thunderstorms, but you, you know what? Keep the faith, uh, the sun will come out and it will be several more weeks, several more months. Uh, as we talk uh, today, Jim, we'll talk more uh, in a bit about testing and vaccines. But you know, we have to build up the confidence of attendees and exhibitors uh, that uh, will give them the, uh, once again, the word confidence to to sign up as an exhibitor, to sign up as an attendee, and come to our events. But we are seeing events uh, open up uh, significantly in Asia, where they're actually. Achieving 75 to 80 percent of their normal attendance. Wow. Uh, the gym, the attendance uh, in Hong Kong, in China, in Thailand, in uh, a few other places in Asia, is very good. But the difference between Asia right now and I and I'm going to be apolitical today is uh, they all wear masks. If, if you don't wear a mask, you don't get into the show. If you don't get temperature checked. If you don't have documentation that you're, uh, you're COVID-free, you don't get into the show. You don't get into the business events. You don't get into a restaurant. So obviously, uh, once again, being apolitical, we have to do a better job in the United States with that, Jim. And I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, I'm pleased to let you know that there, there, is, there are signs of uh, reopening safely, and Scott will talk about that safely, exhibitions and business events.
0: Wow, 75 80%. That's that's to me it's surprising and and that's but a good surprise. <laughs> it is a good surprise for me. Right. But you're 100% right. People have to have confidence. And that's anywhere. That is anywhere, especially here in the US where there's still a great anxiety and uh, you know, kind of a an unwillingness to just leap back in uh by by many many people and many businesses. It, it, there's just so many unknowns still. Uh, So, but that is, is great, but it's all comes around health and safety, health and safety. Scott, anything you want to add to, uh, to what David said already?
2: Yeah, I'll just give um, my perspective, kind of what my experience has been working for the association since COVID out, uh, you know, started in uh, in the United States. We started very early addressing the fact that we needed to have a very uh, good and uh, collaborative plan around health and safety and we're able to um, work very closely with our other industry partners as we continue to do, um, such as IAVM and ESCA and EDPA and the Carpenters Union and SISO and many others to collaborate on our health and safety plans and getting the industry going again. And we needed a a really strong scientific body to direct us and keep us uh, guided along the way because, uh, you know, as, as Trade Association for the trade show industry and our other industry organizations, we're not infectious disease experts. <clears throat> so we needed to have that expertise. And we found that through GBAC, the Global Virus Divi- uh, Advisory Council, and they've been key and essential in, in us uh, going in the right direction as far as our health and safety concerns and making sure that we are uh, going with the science and not uh, reacting in ways that are counterproductive. So we've, we've done that by working with IBM on their own uh, guidance and uh, GBAC and all of our other uh, contractor partners in the industry, but we've also worked on our own documentation and paper that we put out in June, and we are getting ready for a second edition, uh, which covers kind of all aspects of health and safety from the lens of a show organizer, uh, what a show organizer needs to consider to, uh, to produce an event in these conditions and for this pandemic. And we're, we're working on these updates now because we know it's an ever evolving science. It's something that you have to keep a very close eye on all aspects of. And uh, we found a lot of uh, support from outside of the industry. I'm serving on a task force with the National Safety Council and getting perspective from those representing all types of verticals, retail, uh, heavy industries, uh, really, you name it, and um, making sure that we're um, getting the information from all um, parts of the economy to make sure that we're on track, And but, but most importantly, making sure that what we're doing is scientifically backed. And as we plan for Expo Expo, we'll obviously be using our own paper, our own work with GBAC. I, myself, have gone through the GBAC Individual Certification Program, along with two of my colleagues. So we're certainly being trained on things that uh, we never would have imagined being trained on. But uh, certainly uh, we're excited about the opportunity for Expo Expo to show use case around what we've written and uh, to be a big learning opportunity for the industry to see how you can operate <clears throat> and hopefully uh, you know, enforce what's important, but also perhaps maybe dispel some ideas that are out there about things that you can do to, that people think will help mitigate the, the uh, risk but, but really won't based on the science. So those are the the opportunities we're looking at and um, looking for our paper, um, which second edition comes out next week, really to come to life through Xbox. Expo Expo. That's really our goal in this opportunity to have the show in Louisville.
0: That's fantastic. And on, on behalf of everybody in the industry, I want to thank you guys for all the work that you're doing to help bring these events back and do it safely. And that's something I I had seen uh, a lot and read a lot about GBAC, and uh, so grateful uh, for that you are reaching out and you're doing something that's not just yours. Because uh, for everyone who's listening, it's so easy to see that latest uh, Facebook meme that says, oh, this is safe or this is not safe or, yeah, or, or hear one little news story that takes one little piece of, uh, of uh, what is going on out there. And now we take that as, as gospel and, and we apply it to everything. Well, that doesn't apply to everything. And so I'm so grateful for, uh, for IE and, and the great work that you're doing and reaching out and knowing that we don't have all the answers and we want the right answers. There's too much at stake, too much on the line. And so you reached out to the the scientific community to create uh, the the right standards for getting back safely. So everyone, uh, like David said earlier, have that confidence. Need that confidence to be able to go back.
1: If I may, Jim, uh, also add, before we move on to another topic, vaccine development is important, absolutely. But it's going to take months to get approved. Uh, Don't listen to some of our politicians. It's going to take months to get approved, safely approved. And then it'll be even longer than that to get kind of uh, 40% or more usage. The regular flu shot gets 45% uh, adoption. So I'll, I'll, I'll be very brief in saying testing, testing, testing. There are some great, great pharmaceutical companies that are working on rapid testing. And wouldn't it be great, Jim, to be able to have, and I'll use Expo Expo as an example. It's not gonna happen that quick for December, Uh, but if it does, we're gonna do it. $5 rapid test, three days, thousand people, that's $15,000. Guess what? I'll find $15,000 in the budget. I'll get my board to approve it if it's not budgeted so that we can say to people, take a rapid test right before you leave, and within 15 minutes, uh for 5 bucks, 8 bucks, whatever it is, you know, under 10 bucks anyways everybody's saying. Uh companies like Abbott and others. And uh and then by the way, you'll be tested each day when you come in and you get to sit in in a, in a waiting room or you know, go have a cup of coffee and within 15 minutes, and maybe even less, 5 minutes, you'll ha- you'll have the results and we'll let you in the show. Wouldn't that be a game changer?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Because now I, I'm not wondering about everybody that's around me.
1: That's <laughs> I know. right.
0: I know they've all been tested, too. So, wow, that's, that's fantastic. And so
1: we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. You know what? you gotta, you got to believe. you got to stay positive. And, my goodness, if we can get that accomplished, uh, the exhibition industry will open. The business events industry, live events industry will open much more quickly
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh and, and and you just you you make such great points about we need to be patient this has to be done the right way and it's not going to happen tomorrow to have a vaccine it's it's going to take a while and i'm glad you guys are are on top of that and, and and really staying close to the scientific community and uh the people that that know what's going on yeah
1: jim it. jim what we don't need is x show or y show um in January, February or March, for example, draws 5000 people. And three weeks later, there's big press stories saying that out of the 5000 people 500 were infected. That's just going to put us so far backwards. So we've got to be patient, but we have to be persistent. And you know what, that's hard to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to do. We are, we are impatient people as a, uh, as a culture. We are very impatient. We're that microwave society you know, where, where we want everything done in a minute versus uh, having to wait. It's that uh, immediate gratification. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary. Obviously, as, as we have seen this drag on, we know it's that uh, it's not something that, that is taking this long to run its course. Uh, and we don't know when it will run its course, but it, it's obviously it's taken longer than anyone thought it would at the beginning. Uh, we need that the solution is not going to be instant either. We need to do this right and we need to uh, be scientific about it and we need to be patient. So uh, thank you for, for, again for the, the work that you guys are doing. Now, one thing that I want to bring up uh, right now is something you both have mentioned a couple of times and I want everyone to understand the importance of it, and what exactly it is, and that is Expo Expo. So who could tell me about more about Expo Expo and why it is so critical?
1: Well, I'm going to let Scott do that. Scott is our quarterback, our uh, point guard, our uh, team leader, and is really – I want to thank publicly uh, Mr. Craighead for all his work and collaborating our team. And, you know, we have uh, Jim – uh, 23 individuals that work for IE and for your association for our industry and and Scott's our leader. So Scott, can you kind of give a an overview of um, of the marketing that just launched and how we're de- redeveloping and and quote unquote pivoting our educational offerings and you know what we're going to do virtually?
2: Yeah, happy to. Thank you, David. Well, it's been quite a year of planning for Xbox, but obviously unlike no other, uh, the show is going to be considerably different than what we would uh, tend to produce. Um, you know, compared to what Xbox was in Las Vegas last December, this, this entire experience will have a very uh, different feel to it and, and, and different, very different initiatives around it for the attendee experience and attendee value. We've really planned the event around um, our efforts on the health and safety initiative and focused on that, knowing that would be the most important item for an to uh, experience around as we look to recover the industry. And of course, the virtual events, the explosion of that market and everyone's focus on virtual event solutions to get us through uh, this void of live events. So along with our health and safety initiatives and, and working to plan the show alongside our, our larger efforts with the paper, Essential Considerations for Safely Reopening Exhibitions and Events, we sought out very early our journey for virtual the virtual events market. And we did a couple of things as an association around that and understanding that there was going to be this huge new demand that we needed to help members uh, meet and help our supplier members get to the buyers of these platforms and created a virtual events marketplace on our member communities to connect platform solutions with the buyers of those solutions. And that's uh, a lot of the conversation and, and, and what our members are seeking right now and continue to. We went, but we decided we'd go on our own journey for that for Xbox Expo, Expo and go through an extensive RFP process, which we started, I believe in April and uh, of course an opportunity for us to engage with all these platforms that were out there many that we weren't familiar with or didn't have a relationship with some were members and some weren't so certainly an opportunity for us to bring them under the IEEE tent and get them engaged but through this process we we sent the RFP to around 50 or so platforms and we are we were lucky to receive about 21 uh, from that process and we're able to narrow it down through careful evaluation, many, many demos over the course of the summer. Of course, a great learning opportunity to see what the marketplace had to offer, what the trends were, talking to a lot of our members about what they were doing, had the advantage of seeing some of these virtual events take place in the spring and over the summer, to learn from those and experience them as attendees. And ultimately, we we did make a a selection, uh, late summer, early fall, with a group called Swap Card. And they've uh, been a very early on successful platform. they've done a lot of a lot of business in the industry and uh we like their platform we like what it did and we have engaged with them to be our show platform and As we started to design the virtual event and the face to face event is really a, a hybrid um and one of the reasons we like swap card is they have a lot of hybrid experience they have they have a lot of clients in Asia who had already produced hybrid events, uh, whereas in the US, most of the events, of course, have been virtual only. In the hybrid model, looking at the value for for virtual only folks and those who want to perhaps experience both face-to-face and the virtual event. So we created a model around that, and whereas the face-to-face attendee receives all the virtual content and full access to the virtual platform so they can see both, especially as consumers of what we're doing in the live event and in the virtual platform, same thing with the exhibitors, our face-to-face exhibitors uh, will receive uh, all the virtual benefit um, you know, equivalent to their uh, investment in the show at no additional charge and uh, be engaged in both face-to-face and the virtual environments on the, over the course of the same dates, December 8, 9, and ten. And of course we've made a lot of changes around content to focus on what's the most important things right now to everyone, which is of course health and safety and virtual event production. And still of course we'll have strong uh, tracks on executive tracks and uh, our our, um, interest groups like we will have have programming, we'll have an Asia forum. Certainly the virtual platform gives us major opportunity to have even stronger reach globally uh, you know, we've seen the show grow internationally uh, very consistently over the course of the last five, six, seven years. And, you know, we've launched an international pavilion that went from three booths to 20 booths overnight. Wow. Wow. And uh, so that audience of course, isn't going to be able to join us in Louisville realistically. Right. So we feel like the virtual platform gives us a great opportunity to reach uh, those markets in ways we've never been able to for, for the show. So that's a big opportunity for us, and and that's how we position the event. We've adjusted the pricing to consider the market conditions and the conditions of our industry, and there's not much we haven't changed or reevaluated. We, of course, have designed the event around distancing and making sure that the show hours and the the attendee flow, the attendee experience will promote distancing. Safety standpoint, we have an attendee code of conduct posted on our on our show site that outlines what your expectations are as an attendee. Of course, there'll be pre-show screening, as David mentioned. You'll be required to wear a mask. You'll be you'll be given a temperature check daily. And and of course, we're continuing on those measures in greater detail with our partners, Kentucky International Convention Center, which is recently accredited uh, by GBAC uh, with United Services Companies, our cleaning and security company, who's been in and these initiatives around health and safety in our industry. So we're really fortunate to have them on our um, cleaning security side this year, engaging with partners like FERN and GES on uh, what they can do to help us on the health and safety front. So we've got a lot of great partners who are bringing a lot to the table. They've all done a great job of adapting their models and services around, uh, you know, with health and safety being at the forefront.
0: Wow. You guys are, are really, this is a pioneer, a pioneering uh, uh, event. Uh, you guys are doing so many new things and all for the health and safety of the, uh, of the attendees, of the exhibitors, of everybody who will be there at the event. While at the same time, turning into that, that hybrid event, like you said, this is still fairly new in the U.S., uh, but those hybrid events that allow you to reach an audience that can't make it, or at this point, maybe they don't feel safe, or they're not. The company has said, you know, we're not we're not sending anyone to live events right now. But they can still have all the benefits of being at at, at Expo Expo, almost all the event, all the uh, benefits, but be able to do that virtually to get the the education they need, make the connections they need, uh, but still do it in the safety of their home or office. Yeah, and
1: and Jim, if I can just add one point, thank you for for your great. Uh, content uh, sharing, uh, Scott, uh, Expo Expo is a laboratory. We're going to make some mistakes, but we're going to have a, a real experiment, a real experience that we can share. And guess what? Afterwards, we're going to put out a, a, a briefing paper saying, here's what worked. Here's what you need to consider that we for, we didn't think about. And by the way, here's what busted, you know, yeah, because yeah. it's our job, Jim, to be a leader, to be uh, strategic, to, to experiment and then share with our members so that their shows and business events in 2021 and beyond are successful because of what we help them experience and, or share.
0: Absolutely. And that is why what you guys are doing is so important and, and every day what you do as an organization for the entire industry is so critically important because you're not just doing it for yourselves you're not just doing it for this expo and then learning okay and then here's what we're going to change for next year no you're going to share so that everyone can adapt and improve and and try the best practices and learn from what was a bust that <laughs> you like you said what was a bust okay we're not going to try that we were planning on that no we're going to try a different path so fantastic. So, so critically important uh, what you're doing. And so everyone be not only on the lookout for Expo Expo, but also for uh, the, what's going to come out of it. And, and, that, and one more thing I want to I add before, before we continue on is that everyone needs to take a lesson from that. For every event that you're doing as a company, as an exhibitor, or even as an attendee, learn from, what, learn from your experience. When you come back from the show, or even a virtual show virtual event when you come back take notes what worked what didn't work what do we need to change for next time because otherwise you and i've seen this and i'm sure david and scott you can you could chime in with a a, a million stories of people that and companies that make the same mistakes over and over and over and they and then they go ah oh, that was a bad show for me that was a bad show for me but this is so important that you learn from it but I is, they are setting the pace. They are pioneering, they're blazing a trail. They're blazing a trail that everyone could follow behind in those footsteps and do things the right way, do them safely so we can all get back to work and, and back to these shows.
1: And Jam, you know, you, you make a great point. And if I may just add on to that, money is tighter than ever. So uh, a chief marketing officer for company A or B says to their sales, you know, sales team, uh, we we have 50% less to spend on that, on that uh, show that we're going to go to in 2021. And, you know, you've got to work with the wonderful people, wonderful members of EDPA to develop a booth that's maybe smaller in size because you used to have 40 by 40. Now you're going to go 20 by 20, right, Jim? Yeah. And then what does that look like? And the RO, the pressure on ROI from CEOs and CFOs on ROI for an event where money is tighter than ever is going to be higher scrutiny than ever so jim i 'll just emphasize your point. Um, learn, take some chances, but also be ready to have to defend the ROI on on the money that uh, is
0: being spent oh my gosh such an <laughs> such an amazing point. Uh, and as and you're so right, money is tighter than ever because in in the vast majority of industries, they've seen a dip. Unless unless your company rhymes with Amazon, you know, you're 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 not doing very well, or you've you've experienced some slippage in sales. Uh, and you've got to figure out how to do more with less. So you've got to learn how to continue to do uh, more with less and, and track that. So you've got to be diligent at that. Uh, and, and I'm just going to, I, I'm sorry, I have to do a little bit of self-promotion here anybody. It, it all starts with setting goals. It starts with setting goals for you, because you don't know if you had a good show or not, unless you've actually had some goals that you had to reach after. And what are you trying to accomplish? And so I want everyone uh, who's listening, if you haven't done this already, get over to my website at tradeshowu.biz, that's trade show, the letter u.biz and sign up for the newsletter. And I'm going to send you my, my ultimate guide, And workbook for goal setting for trade shows and virtual events. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you for for listening. So just get over there and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, uh, self promotion done. (laughs) But I want everyone because goal setting is so incredibly important as as uh, you you get back to and continue forward with uh, virtual and live events. Tell tell everybody who is the best. Uh, best people for, regarding expo expo who should be considering that if they've never heard of it before they've never attended before who is the target audience that would best benefit from being there either live or virtually
1: well certainly um you know we uh, we have 12,000 individuals on rosters 1300 companies 50 countries so as scott said we're going to we're probably going to have the largest participation in an expo expo ever the largest we've ever had is about 24 2500 you know we're hoping for six eight hundred a thousand people in person and my goodness i i we have a chance to get a couple thousand online uh, because we made it so affordable at 299 dollars. Uh, wow you know jim for for two and three days of education live general sessions interaction on the uh on the uh virtual show etc But basically, if you're in the exhibition industry ecosystem, if you're a stand builder, if you're a technology company, if you're an AV company, if you're a destination, if you're a corporate marketing executive, if you're exhibit manager for X company or Y company, association executive, I mean, I'll let Scott add on, but here, you know, there's an endless um, list of prospects. (laughs) I wish we had the database, Jim, of you know, 200,000 people, you um, know, we're, we're doing a really – we're spending more money and time in marketing than ever, as we all have to. Um, but, but a lot of it's done through social media and emailing, having people click to our links. Anything to add to that, Scott?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, really it's, it's an opportunity for anyone who's involved in the events industry um, to see uh, this model, you know, that we're, we're creating in Louisville. And, and everyone wants to come back and recover as quickly as possible. We all understand that we may have to operate under these conditions for some time into, into well into next year. And you've got to start somewhere and have some models out there. And we feel confident about ours because we're, we're backing our decisions with uh, GBAC and, and having the experts um, verify what makes sense. And, and and seeing that as a model, so I really think anyone involved in the events business at all this year uh, would be interested to see what we're doing and seeing how we're doing it. Um, it's a unique year, as we all know. There's not really uh, going to be, hasn't been many examples of live events in the business event sector this year, and this will be uh, really one of the very few industry events uh, that, that one would be able to attend or at least see as a hybrid. So. Yeah, I think it's got, uh, we've got a much wider audience given the conditions this year than than what would typically be very focused on the trade show sector. And and, and of course, those those folks are, are very excited to get back and, and get going on their 2021 shows. And this will be a window, hopefully, for them to see what that might look like.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And give everybody the uh, dates again and uh, the website where they can find more information
2: it's my expo, everything is there as far as uh, registration and information about content and our floor plan and uh, uh, certainly a lot of a lot of great information that you can find there everything that you need to know and the dates are december 8 9 and 10. uh the virtual event will actually be held on all three days the physical event in louisville will be held on the 8th and the 9th the trade show will be on the 8th and the 9th on both the virtual environment and the, the physical environment.
0: Okay, fantastic. So everyone, mark your calendars and get over to myexpoexpo.com. I'll drop the link in the show notes as well. But really, really important uh, for everyone to see what's going on. And if you're any if you're involved in the uh, trade show industry, you gotta gotta uh, check that out. And I wanna circle back one more time on GBAC. I've seen uh, uh, event centers that are GBAC certified and, and Scott, you said you are now GBAC certified. How important is that for, uh, for event centers and, and uh, meeting places and things like that to, uh, to become GBAC certified is, uh, and uh, for individuals to become GBAC certified?
2: Well, I think if, if you're in a role like mine, it's, it's really important to have training around infectious disease and COVID specifically, of course, and, and having a pretty good understanding of, of transmission and understanding of what is effective to mitigate the risk. And I think it's it's the utmost importance to be trained in this area right now as a, as a show organizer and, of course, as a venue or as a contractor, um, really anybody who's involved in the business uh, needs to have a, a healthy understanding of, of what this is and and what our role in is it is in it for for mitigation. Yeah, yeah. Jim, if I if I may add, as of yesterday, there are two hundred and thirty-seven uh,
1: GBAC star accredited facilities around the world. It's not just the US. Wow. But as, but as Scott said, general service contractors can get GBAC certified. Individuals go to IE.com. We have a partnership with the International Sanitation and Supply Association. Uh, and GBack is a division of ISSA, where um, we have special pricing. If you're an IE member, we have special pricing. As Scott said, he went. He and two of our other staff went through the training. They're GBack certified technicians. Scott, what was it? Two and a half hours? Three hours?
2: Yeah, something like that, depending on how you pace uh, as a learner. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a training that I never thought I would go through, but certainly. <laughs> Insightful and gives you an entirely new perspective on on what the science is around this. It, it gets so much deeper than than you would get from media sources. So it's 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 really valuable. It's been really valuable giving that perspective. And of course, we are fortunate to have G back very engaged with us on you know the paper that we've been working on and across working in, with our industry colleagues over in the venues and the contractors but they're also going to be acting consultants for us at the show. Uh, they'll be part of our content, our education program, but they'll also be, um, you know, all of our measures will be bounced by them and vetted through them to make sure that we're on track and that we, we don't veer off or, or try to do something that doesn't make sense scientifically.
0: I got to tell you, uh, I am so excited about uh, Expo Expo and the, the influence and impact that GVAC has had uh, and what and the great lengths you all are going to make it safe. What what made me most excited is when I clicked on the show floor layout and it looked like a show floor. I was expecting to see booths 50 feet apart and, and uh, like uh, 10 exhibitors and it looks like an actual show floor that I have seen a million times. And that got me very excited because I know you guys, the lengths you're going and you're able to do it and give people the experience that they're still familiar with, but to do it safely. How tough was that uh, uh, to be able to, to continue to do it that way?
2: Well, certainly there's not a one size fits all approach and each individual trade show has its own interesting characteristics, interesting, unique build outs, uh, design types of companies exhibiting and, so certainly you have to cater your measures to what your show is and your audience and the makeup of your exhibitors and what kind of build outs uh, are involved. So we certainly looked at it from you know our show specifically and what, what our needs were, but what's important to understand is that there's a lot of things that get talked about in these situations where, whereas people maybe jump to conclusions about what could be done to mitigate. Um, for us, we're going to be, you know, based on our size this year, we feel like we can manage the distancing via the schedule, and making sure that you know we've ex- doubled our show hours. We've opposed our hours to education, so that f- folks can be spread out. They can be um, they'll be spread out in the hall for, over the course of longer a longer show, and then they'll be have the ability to go attend education during show hours. So, basically, just keeping folks spread out without needing to necessarily. You know, separate booths or or widen aisles. We are looking at one-way aisle solutions and one one entry, one exit into the hall to to help with the flow. But um, you know, one of the best examples I can think of related to show design in this environment and kind of where GBAC has been so valuable is um, there was discussion early on about carpet. You know, should we have carpet? You know, is carpet a a spreader? And um GBAC said, well, um, as long as your attendees are not crawling on all fours, then, then <laughs> carpet versus no carpet really doesn't matter. So um, those are the kind of things to dispel that, um, that we, we want to be able to, sh- to show that, Hey, you don't need to, 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 make these, you know, these really strange drastic measures. Um, there's other things you can do um, as far as uh, distancing, of course, uh, enforcement of masks. It's, it's the basics. Mm-hmm. It's, sure. it's health screen, uh, before the show each day Um, and of course testing as we talked about is a huge game changer if the rapid testing gets to where we need it to be as far as effectiveness and proven and we're of course studying it very closely following that market very closely but those are the things that you know to focus on Um, of course we'll see plexiglass and things like that in some of our build outs this year as you would see in a retail environment but uh but yeah we haven't we haven't really had to change our show floor drastically we have spread it out a little bit and added uh, more cross aisles but after careful study and, and con- consultation with our contractor partners and with gbac and based on our plans to uh, promote social distancing or what we like to call physical distancing in other ways uh, we didn't have to do anything too radical to the floor plan
0: that's and amazing. jim we uh,
2: jim we're not unlike
1: all the shows that are going to go forward we're 40% smaller than we were last year in Vegas, but you know what? 130 companies. I think it's a little over 200. You know, 10 by 10 booths. That's not bad, and we're just excited that we have 130 companies that are still exhibiting, have not canceled out, that are coming to support our industry. And you know what? Their expectations are lower because we're not going to have as many buyers as we had last year in Vegas, a record attendance. But you know what? They're, they may see two, three, 400 buyers. Right now, they're seeing them on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, anyways, I'll stop there because I, I, I'm just so optimistic about uh, Expo Expo.
0: No, no. I And I share your optimism. Like I said, when I opened up the show floor plan and I my eyes almost bugged out of my head in a good way. <laughs> and I think I was probably got some goosebumps saying, oh, my gosh, this looks like a real show floor. And there's this is there's not just 10 exhibitors. There's a lot of exhibitors here. And that is such a positive uh, feel good moment for me and for anyone in the industry who is looking forward to uh, to these events coming back Just well, Jim, so, so I, uh, before
1: i forget i i apologize for interrupting but before i forget please please get in your car drive from cleveland to louisville and join us and, and be live from the trade show floor i think scott can find you an area to be in we'd love to have you as our guest Absolutely. oh my
0: gosh that would be amazing I would love that and i I will take you up on that. <laughs> that is awesome, so everybody who's listening be on the lookout for uh for an episode or multiple episodes later this year, following expo expo hey guys, you know with uh all all the stuff that you guys are doing and uh uh everything that you've dropped today, all the lengths that you're going i again thank you on behalf of the in- industry thank you for all that you're doing. Are there any takeaways or anything you want uh, people to leave with? Uh, I'll let you each give one or two key points that you want everyone to leave with We'll start with Scott.
2: Yeah, of course. I'd I'd like to leave with just, um, you know, I've been really impressed with uh, the industry's response and the collaboration and the the spirit, uh, the fortitude, because this has been a really tough year for our business and uh, everyone's been hurting from it in our industry, especially. And uh, you know, it's, I've just been really impressed by the response and, and how our members have responded and gotten, are getting through this. And we're looking forward to bringing those who are willing to come together in Louisville. And of course, having a very successful virtual platform as well with really good engagement there. Uh, if there's a, there's a time to come together and, and get with colleagues and uh, get, get some peer-to-peer learning in, this is the time. And uh, that's why we've got a huge opportunity in front of us with the show. And and just to let everyone know to look out for the the second edition of our paper, uh, Essential Considerations for Safely Reopening Exhibitions and Events. We plan on dropping it uh, to the public uh, next week sometime.
1: And Jim, what I will will emphasize, I'll give a real live example, if I may, of what Scott just said. GES is our official service contractor. Great company. Uh, We do an RFP. We changed. GSCs every two years, we rotate it out within our membership, you know, all the right things to do. And guess what? Fern, who has a big facility in Louisville, reached out, without us prompting it, reached out to GES. And now Fern is going to supply a lot of the local labor and a lot of the materials out of their warehouse in Louisville, because they do a lot of shows in Louisville. And how's that for collaboration? GES and Fern, competitors in a very loving and friendly way, um, collaborating. And and the other point I'll leave the audience with is, depending on when you listen to this, advocacy. We are not done fighting for another stimulus package. Uh, Go Live Together, which we've talked about in the past, which has been led by uh, SISO and IE and Freeman and Tarsus and Reed in particular with. Support of hundreds of other organizations. Jim, we're not done lobbying. We have, matter of fact, when I get off this podcast recording, I'm I'm jumping on a call with our, with Brownstein, which is our lobbyist lobbying firm in D.C. Uh, because we're not stopping until Congress, ours, D's, Senate, House, and the administration, put more money into PPP, put more money into airlines, and the list goes on and on. We're not going to stop and stop they need to stop bickering over whether it should be 2.2 trillion or 1.5 trillion. Get something done, and that's as apolitical as I can be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I am with you 100 percent as uh, I'm not going too far on a limb saying, the world economy depends on this. And this industry coming back, as uh, you and I talked in that previous episode, over a trillion dollars of economic impact globally, over a million jobs globally. And we're seeing it. I mean, we just saw uh, just in this past week, American Airlines and and United announcing huge furloughs, Disney announcing huge furloughs. These are all uh, big partners in this event space. Uh, And there's countless others that uh, are just not that big of a name that are not making the headlines that are letting people go or have let people go earlier in the year. We need to get them back. We need to get them back. This is uh, so, so critically important. So again, thank you for the good work you're doing and, um, and if i could put in a plug for go live together fantastic organization that i and freeman and seer and so many organizations are involved in get over to their website as well i'll drop the links to there and sign up for the newsletters cuz they're they're dropping uh, information on how you could be involved how you can help with the lobbying efforts how you can take surveys and, and reach out to Congress people on, on the importance of these issues. So everything that uh, they're doing, get over to the IE website, sign up for their newsletter. Uh, is that, is that, how is the best way for people to get that second edition of your uh, report?
2: That will be located in our, uh, in the IWE store for download. It's free to download for members and I believe $49 for non-members to, to download. Okay. We'll be promoting it heavily in, in the IWE marketing channels, social media and, course, email campaigns around that. So, um, if you follow IWE on any any medium, you should see uh, the links to download.
0: Okay, fantastic. So I will put the links in the show notes. So check those out. Click, get involved, get connected with IWE, and uh, and we and go live together. And. Uh, just get involved, get involved. Don't stay silent on the sidelines. It's too important uh, what everybody needs to do. Uh, And and as a a group, and like you said, the collaborations, the competitors coming together, and that's what true competition's all about, right? It is, is, yes, we are competitors by day, but you know what? For the good of the industry, we need to come together at times and, and work together to make sure that we all have a place that we can continue to call home and, and, and work and and make our livelihoods from. So gentlemen, my goodness, thank you so much for the, uh, for the wonderful, uh, interview today and for all the good work that you're doing every single day. Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Our pleasure. And thanks Jim for, uh, being a wonderful mouthpiece in our industry. And, um, I thought that, uh, and I know that Scott and I and our staff are passionate, but my goodness, Jim, um, you know, got, I got to try to find a, a place on my staff for you because you're the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I'm getting goosebumps here. Huh? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, Scott, any, any final thoughts?
2: No, thank you, Jim. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the show and uh, what IW is up to. And look forward to seeing you in Louisville
0: fantastic and everybody so check that check out the show notes get involved connect and uh and check out expo expo and if, if you could make it live my goodness that would be fantastic and uh virtually if not and and there's just so much going on here that uh this is they're they're blazing a trail so it's great to be uh great to be following in that path and seeing what they're all doing so thanks everybody thank you uh David. Thank you, Scott, for your time this morning. Thanks, everyone, for listening and continue to check in here at Trade Show U. We'll see you next time right here on campus at Trade Show University. Hey, Trade Show Warriors, I know you are committed to continuous learning, and I want to help you out with that by giving you a free audiobook from my friends at Audible. Please get over to audibletrial.com slash trial com slash trade show with the letter U at the end there and pick up a free audiobook from me and Audible right to you and you get a free thirty day trial as well. But pick up that free audio book and grab grab something that's going to help you to continue to learn. So get over to Audibletrial dot com slash trade show you today.